today, I'm honored and I'm excited. My name is Pastor Devin. I'm one of the pastors here on staff, one of the teaching pastors here. And uh, I really can't wait to dive into this series together because I think so many people misunderstand who the Spirit of God is and you need more of Him in your life. And before you can embrace Him, you must understand Him. That's what we're going to be doing today. Um, First and foremost, I want to highlight the text that we're going to be using is Acts chapter 2, verse 17. Guys, you guys can throw it up there. Acts chapter 2, verse 17 says it like this. It says, in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Is anybody going to help me preach today or no? Only this section right here. Is anybody going to help me preach today? We got any Pentecostals in the room? It's great. We're going to pour out our spirit on all flesh. And watch this. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Let me just tell you something about our church. Our church believes that the next generation are not problems. They're prophets. (laughs) They ain't problems. They're prophets. Children are a blessing, not a burden. And so I believe that we're going to see in our house that this is going to be our prayer, that God would pour out his spirit on our church and that we would see young men, young women, old men, old women, no offense to the older generation, love you guys, we would see everybody prophesy, see dreams again, get dreams again, see visions again, because that's what the scriptures say. And your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams, because the spirit of God, the language of the Holy Spirit is that you would get visions, you would get dreams, you would prophesy, and you would see things, even if they are not, as though they are. And I'm telling you, with your eyes, you will not be able to fathom and understand what God is going to do in and through this series. Amen, everybody? I'm believing that God's Spirit is going to be poured out on our church, and that's going to be our prayer today. Now, you have to understand that we're going to engage in this practice of the study of the Spirit. This is what uh, many scholars and theologians call pneumatology. Somebody say pneumatology. Pneumatology is the study of the spirit. Pneuma meaning breath, wind. Old Testament would be this term ruach. It's really the spirit is the breath of God. And pneumatology means this. is We are studying and exploring the nature, the role, and the work of the Holy Spirit in the world and in the lives of believers. This is the diligent study of the person the baptism in the fruit of the Holy Spirit. I said this before, I'll say it again. Before you can embrace him, you must understand him. So for this week, we're going to be talking about the person of the Holy Spirit. The person of the Holy Spirit. Next week, we're going to be talking about the principles and the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Because how many know Christians, if you're a believer, call yourself a follower of Jesus, we don't operate off of five senses, we operate with a sixth one. Did y'all hear what I just said? As believers, we operate with a sixth sense. And you need to learn how to tap into the Spirit of God and hearing what He says and how He directs. The Bible literally says it like this, this is the way, walk in it. There's a voice of God that wants to whisper to you, speak to you, and direct you in seasons that are challenging. Anybody going through a season that's challenging? There are some seasons of life where you need the voice of God in your life, and I want to encourage you to be here next week. You got me for the next two weeks. Does that sound good to anybody? Great. They're all on my payroll right here. Nobody else is excited at all. It's great. I'm excited. I'm excited, even if you're not. We're going to be going through the person of the Holy Spirit, the promptings of the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit. And our pastor, Pastor Derek Fry, is going to be coming and talking about the dove, how he rests on your shoulder. It's an amazing message. Highly, highly recommend being here. And the last week is the power of the Holy Spirit. Because this is what we're going to be praying for, is that we would recognize who he is and what he does and also who he is not. Similarly, we need to remove some of the barriers or some of the mindsets that we have because some people are excited we're in a series like this. Some people are intimidated by a series like this. And I want to address that right there because just because you don't understand him doesn't mean you shouldn't embrace him. And then lastly is we want to receive the Holy Spirit. 
And so this is going to be a powerful series. I would encourage you to be here all four weeks. But really, everybody falls under three different camps. These are three schools of thought. The first thought would be cessationalism. Cessationalism, spelled C-E-S-S-ationalism. Cessationalism, where essentially... There are people that believe and have wrapped this theology that the Spirit of God, His works and His wonders have stopped and ceased when the apostles died. We don't subscribe to this camp. This is not the theology that we subscribe to as a church body. There's also sensationalism. So we have cessationalism and sensationalism. Sensationalism is there is an overemphasis on the wonders and the work of the Holy Spirit. They emphasize signs, miracles, and wonders, and we believe in that. But they de-emphasize Jesus' person and His power. And so this is really an extremist viewpoint of way too much in one camp and not enough in another. They neglect the work and the, and the wisdom of the Spirit of God and the person of Jesus. But we fall into the camp as a church of continuationism. Continuationism. I'm giving you some stuff to learn because we are supposed to mature and to grow. So continuationists basically believe this, that the Spirit of God still moves, acts, and works today. Can I get an amen from somebody? The Spirit of God still works, moves, and acts today. However, the greatest miracle God ever performed was the changing of the human heart. Salvation was the greatest miracle. And so you fall into this camp today. Now, I'm asking you, check your belief system at the door. How about we open up the scriptures and let the scriptures speak to us instead of what traditions or some of our teachers have spoken to us about the Spirit of God. And I know there's a lot of people in here that are like brand new to the church. You're like, oh, geez, I came on this Sunday. You came on this Sunday, but I'm telling you, even if you're confused by it, hopefully, and I'm praying that you're going to walk away encouraged, empowered, and believe in God for more things. Amen, everybody? Now, it leads us to the text of today's teaching in John chapter 14. Uh, this is what Jesus says. Jesus says this about the Holy Spirit. He says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. Somebody say advocate. Advocate essentially is this term helper. He's speaking of the Spirit of God. Jesus says, I got to go so the Spirit of God can come. I'm finite in my body. What Jesus was to the 12 disciples is what the Holy Spirit is to the church of Jesus Christ today. I'm going to say that again. What Jesus was to the 12 is what the Holy Spirit is to us. He is a guide. He's a mentor. He's a coach. He gives you wisdom. He gives you warnings. He says, don't go that way. He says, go this way. He says, I'm proud of you. He says, you need to change some things in your life. This is what the Spirit of God does for us today as the church. So he says, he's the advocate. Another translation is he's the helper. He's the healer. One translation goes for advocate is the parakletos, meaning healer, helper, friend, comforter. Another word is defense attorney. So when you don't know what to say or you don't know what to do, you have a defense attorney sitting and standing right by you to say, here's what you need to say in this moment. Here's where you need to go in this moment. This is what you need to do in this moment. That's what the Spirit of God does for you and for me. I'm enjoying this message, even if you're not so far. So he says, he'll never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads you into all truth. And watch what this says. The world cannot receive him because they're not looking for him. And he doesn't, and they don't recognize him either. And this has been our, this is our prayer for this series. But you know him, so our prayer is that you would recognize him because he lives with you, and eventually he'll be in you. That's going to be our prayer. Come on, can we give God some praise for the reading of God's word? That's going to be our prayer today. I want to teach, I want to teach from this subject today, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost. Thank you, friend, for being excited for this message. I want to pray. Father, we love you. We thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing in and through this church. 
We ask a simple prayer, and that is pour your spirit out. I cannot do this message by myself. I need your assistance. I need your help. I need your divine supernatural empowerment. Put your super on my natural, Lord. Help us to see Jesus, hear from heaven, and to encounter the power of God. I ask that you would help us, God, to remove some of these preconceived ideas or notions that are in our heads about what we think about the third person of the Godhead. And help us to remove it, to change it. Mature us, grow us, develop us, use us. In Jesus' name. And come on, everybody said? Come on, one more time. Can we give God some praise for what he's going to do in this house today? Amen and amen. Family, what I want to uh, start with is a little post I saw online recently. And it captured my attention because it goes like this. The post basically said it was a meme. It goes, hey, for those that are considering having children or growing a family, I want to give you the pros and cons of making kids. The pros are making. The cons are kids. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I love my kids. We believe the next generation is not a burden. They are a blessing. Amen. Amen. I love my kids. One of the reasons I love my kids is because of my profession. I have an endless resource of sermon illustrations. I love both Zion Joshua, my five-year-old, Ezra James, my two-and-a-half-year-old. And these boys are Latinos to their core. <laughs> Shout out to Oscar Sr. in Framingham. Uh, they are Latinos to their core. They love music. They have, the, they have these, these, just these dance moves they're constantly doing in the house all the time. They love music. And uh, Ezra loves to call out to Alexa, and he goes, Alexa! Well, really, he has this lisp because he can't pronounce his L's or his R's. He goes, Awaxa! Awaxa! And he asks for several songs, and all my kids dance all the time in the house constantly. I am so sick of Encanto. Can I just be honest? And I just got to relieve this. I'm getting therapy right now for it. I am sick of all these Disney Channel songs. It's ridiculous. There's this one particular song that actually, basically, he's like my little brother. His name is Brady Wells. He's actually sitting on front of my Brady. Say what's up to people. This is Brady Wells. He's a recording artist. He's actually an artist. He's from Nashville, but he's actually moving back here, coming on the worship team. Shout out to my boy. He's coming back. Love the kid. So Brady, um, Brady wrote this song called Lost Our Minds. Not really sure why he wrote it, but we're going to pray for him after service. But Ezra loves this song. He loves this song. And so uh, Ezra always goes to Alexa. He goes, Alexa, play Lost Our Minds by Brady Wells. And Alexa goes, okay, playing Busta Rhymes and various artists. And I'm working in my office, and all of a sudden I hear in the background Buster Rhymes and the Pussycat Dolls singing, Don't you wish your girlfriend was hot like me, like me? And I'm like, Ezra, what in the world is this crap music? And I go, Alexa, turn it off. And Zion, the moral police that he is, he goes, Dad, we don't say crap. It's a bad word. And I rebuked my son right then and there, only to realize that I was in the wrong. <laughs> These are my boys. This is my family. But I share this story because how many know there's nothing worse there's nothing more frustrating than when you say something and you're misunderstood or misrepresented. Oh, I get so frustrated with this, especially as a pastor, especially as a communicator, as a preacher. When I say something and it's either misunderstood or I am misrepresented, and how many know that is so frustrating when it comes to life? Can I just tell you something about the Godhead? We, most people love God. We're divided about Jesus and culture. But most people are so misunderstanding who the Spirit of God is. And be, we misunderstand because we've seen expressions of who the Spirit of God is. We've seen people act foolishly or confusingly. 
So because of this, we have many different camps. Some people are excited about talking about the Holy Spirit. Some people are intimidated about the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit of God is not to be feared. He is to be embraced. But all of us have had experiences or have seen things online. If you just do one YouTube search online, you can see some chaotic, some crazy things. You see preachers like this grabbing their, uh, grabbing their blazer, throwing it across the whole auditorium. A sea of people fall out in a Holy Ghost. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Demons are flying everywhere. People just hadouken and then boom, everybody's down. Nobody knows that reference? Okay, a few people do. Praise God. Some people are cultured. First service was not. They're all the old people. But... All of us have had experiences because we've seen expressions of who the Holy Spirit is. But can I just ask a simple question? Can we look at what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit instead of what tradition or other teachers have said about the Holy Spirit? Because we have inherited some belief systems that I'm just telling you the devil is in these details. He is looking and he is trying to confuse people by convincing them that the Holy Spirit is weird or he's unnecessary. I'm going to repeat that again. The devil... We are not unaware of his schemes, is what the Bible says. Unfortunately, many people are, but we are not unaware of his schemes. And he is trying to make people intimidated by him, fearful of him, or they try to make him think that he is completely unnecessary for your life. And if you were raised in a certain culture, you might embrace him. If you were raised in a different culture, you might be like, ah, that's not for me. I like the Jesus thing. I like the ethics. I like the morality. I like the principles, the spirit stuff, people falling out stuff, people talking in tongues stuff. That ain't for me. And I just want to be very honest and very clear with our whole church family today. We are a spirit-filled, tongue-talking, Bible-believing, Jesus-preaching church. That's who we are. That's who we are. And we are unapologetic about it. And some people are intimidated by things like that, speaking in tongues and, and people falling out and people laying hands and the sick recover. We are continuationists. We believe that the Spirit of God still moves acts. We believe that God is still in the miracle business. Is there anybody that believes he can still heal, he can still redeem, he can still restore? God is still in the miracle business today, ladies and gentlemen. We believe this, but listen, the devil has tried to convince us that the Spirit of God is unnecessary. But Jesus tells us all in this text that we read earlier and multiple other avenues in Scripture, he literally says, I got to go because I'm limited. I am finite in this body. I got to go so the Spirit of God can come, and then we can, he can be omniscient and omnipresent everywhere. He can be with you at all times, everywhere, whenever you need him. I got to leave, and it's better for you that I leave. And he literally says it like this. Essentially, Jesus is giving us this lesson and this principle. He says, you don't just need education you need assistance. Is you don't just need hope, the Holy Spirit provides help. And what is the Holy Spirit? He is the Spirit of Jesus on earth today. He is heaven in your heart. This is what the Spirit of God does. But so many of us are walking into a place like this, and we need to, and this is what I want to do, I want to challenge your belief system. Your belief system. Because we have all inherited some things from our family, from our religious upbringing or no religious upbringing, what we've seen online, and we just have to understand that all of us are bringing some preconceived notions, and we got to look at the Bible for it first. Can I give you quickly what a belief system is made up of? Is that okay with you? Let's throw it up there, guys. What is a belief system? A belief system is made up of four things. The first thing, they're going to throw it up there. The first thing is influences. Influences. Is we have all been raised with key influences, and let me just tell you something loud and clear, and you need to hear this. Write this down in your notes. The influences in your life really determine the future of your life. Stop receiving from everybody. 
Some people are safe. Some people are wise. Some people give you good principles, but some people give you God's word. And if you are a Bible-believing Christian, if you are a mature, spiritually mature believer, you don't base off of you don't base your information, which is number two, you don't base information off of your thoughts, off of your own opinions, off of your own feelings. You base it off of God's word because it is the most reliable source of information on earth today. That is spiritual maturity defined, is the ultimate authority of your life is God's word to direct you or to correct you sometimes. So influences, listen, whoever has your ear has your future. Anybody hear what I just said? Whoever has your ear has your future. Information, whatever you tune, tune into, you turn into. So this is why you got to be careful what you're listening to. The media outlets you're listening to, the podcasts you're listening to. Listen, I believe in content, but be careful what kind of content you're consuming. Why? Because if you consume trash, what's going to come out? Trash. Garbage is going to come out. So be careful what you're feeding your mind. Be careful what you're feeding your body. Be careful what you're feeding your spirit. So you got influences. You got information. Here's another one. Is you have, what's the third one? I don't remember it. That's why I'm saying it. <laughs> Observation. Observation. Um, your own personal life experiences. Is when you're going about life, you're going through life, you develop your own personal reflections and revelations. But the problem is this is that depending on the condition of your heart, the Bible says out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So how your condition is, the, how your condition of the heart is, is what you see through. So you have a filter. Some people see through pain. Some people see through purpose. So the question you have to ask yourself is simply about your observations. Is this, is, am I seeing things as they are or am I seeing things as I am? Because if I am only seeing through the lens of pain or frustration or hurt or I've seen church hurt like this before, or I've seen people express this in this way about the Spirit of God, then, then you have this preconceived notion. You have glasses on, a lens on, a filter on that needs to be addressed, and ultimately the last one is environments. Has anybody ever been out of state before, and then you go there, and people are like, uh, you talk, I always think this about Floridians, they talk slow, Alabama people talk mad slow, and they just go, they go the exact opposite, they go, uh, you just talk really fast, and you walk fast. How many know Boston is an aggressive city? We are an aggressive people. Why? Because we share common thought processes, mindsets. This is what a belief system is made up of. So I'm asking you to check these things at the door. Evaluate them. I'm not saying throw out all the stuff that you've learned. I'm saying your influences, the information that you receive, the observations that you have, the environments that you are in, all these make up what you believe. And we can create philosophies off of this. And unfortunately, many people have created theologies off of this. And they think that because of the things that they've been taught by others, that is what's true. Listen, what is true is determined by what God says about God, not what other people say about God. It's important that you evaluate these things regularly. Am I making sense, everybody? Is this sermon helping anybody in here? I'm blazing hot in this blazer right now. I just got to say this, but fashion is a sacrifice. I might throw this thing off in a second, and then and, and everybody's going to fall. Hadouken! I might do it. I might do it. I might just do it with the Spirit of God coming over it. Uh, what am I saying right now? What was in my message points? Um, so this is the belief system that we must evaluate, and we must check, and we must regularly uh, observe. So there's a scripture that God highlights in John chapter 14, or John chapter 16, forgive me, and he talks about his intent for all of humanity is that you would experience three different baptisms. Now, let me read it first. John chapter 16, uh, forgive me, John, 1 John chapter 5, my bad. 
uh, says this, And Jesus Christ revealed as God's Son by his baptism in water. So three different baptisms. The first baptism is the baptism of salvation. Okay? Baptism of salvation. Somebody say salvation. salvation. You'll see salvation, you'll see water, and you'll see the Spirit. Watch this. He, it repeats three times. God's Son by his baptism in water and by the shedding of his blood. Whenever you see blood, understand blood, you have to pay for the payment of sin by, the, uh, by blood payment. And so in the Old Testament, you had to sacrifice animals, and the payment of sin was death. So you had to put to death something, which is why blood represents salvation. So you have baptism by water. You have baptism by blood. This is salvation or being baptized into the body of Christ. Not only water, though, but also by the Spirit. So by water, by the blood, and by the Spirit. And it goes on to repeat again. It says, uh, so we have these three witnesses, the Spirit baptism, the water baptism, and the blood baptism, and all three agree. So the Bible is clearly stating, and God's heart and God's intent for all of us is to go into spiritual maturity. And some of us have received the baptism of salvation. That is the first work of grace, the baptism of, of the water baptism. And some of us need to commit to water baptism. There's a water baptism coming up in a few weeks. And listen, it is the wedding band of Christianity. It is saying, I have, put my, I have turned my back to the world, and I'm going all in with Jesus. Is there anybody in here that says, I'm going all in with Jesus in the things of God? Some of us are neglecting our baptism, and it's essentially saying to the world, I belong to him now. I'm not here to live and please myself. I'm here to please God. That's the second act of baptism. But the third one is where many people are stuck in right now. And I'm going to go through what the Holy Spirit does for us in a moment. But understand this, God's intent is that you go through all three processes, all three levels. The baptism of salvation, the baptism of water, and the baptism of the Spirit. So I want to give you what the Holy Spirit does, what the Holy Ghost does for you and for me on a, on a daily basis. What he does is three things. The first thing he does is he communicates to us. He communicates to us. Matter of fact, before we go into communicates to us, I'm going to give you a quick little story I didn't give first service because you guys are my, my, my favorite crew. Come on. Friend, you're on my payroll already, but I'm going to pay you even more because you've been so good to me in this service. <laughs> Kidding. Um, I remember, uh, anybody remember when you got your first debit card? Y'all remember when you got your first debit card, really your first credit card, and you're like, oh my gosh, I have access to all these resources now. And then really, we're in high school, and you have like $13.12 in your bank account. I remember the first day I got my credit card, and I was hype. I got all my boys. I'm like, yo, fellas, ice cream on me. Let's get it. Let's get it. So go up, pay for the ice cream. What do they say? Declined. And I'm so embarrassed, and I see all my friends, and all my friends, these are the kind of friends that I had. Hopefully, you have better friends than this. They all go, he's broke. <laughs> it was Brady, okay? I'm kidding. Um, I remember that, and I realized, I'm like, yo, I know I have resources, I have money in my bank account, but what do we have to do? I forgot to activate it. There are so many Christians who are walking through life, and you have never activated the power of God or the Spirit of God in your life, and you are getting declined from so many different things because you have access to heaven's resources, but you have not activated the Spirit of God in your life. This is why you need him. Because some of you guys are trying to change your life, and you can't change your life by yourself. You can't change anybody else, that's for sure. And we all know that and have come to that conclusion. But you can't even change you. You have come to the end of yourself. And sometimes we just need a little bit of life experience to realize, man, I am frustrated because I have come to my wit's end. 
I do not have enough strength. I do not have enough wisdom. I do not have enough intellect to be able to do this stuff with my life. And that's why you need the Spirit of God. And you need to learn how to activate him. Because what does he do? He does three things. I said it before. He communicates to us. Do you know that God still talks today? He speaks verbally through, uh, he speaks through his text. He speaks, he speaks through text message. Come on, everybody. You like that little illustration? I like that? He speaks through text messages. That's the Bible. But the Spirit of God, really the Spirit of truth, reminds us of what the Bible says, and he speaks through promptings. And we're going to be talking about that all next week. Make sure you are in church because we got to operate with a sixth sense. And what I've learned about the Spirit of God is he gives us warnings, but he also gives us wisdom. He tells us where to go. He tells us where not to go. Isaiah 30, verse 41 says it like this, and there will be a voice behind you saying, this is the way. Don't go to the left. Don't go to the right. I've learned this about the Spirit of God. He says this is the way. He also says this is not the way. Come on, has anybody had the prompting of the Holy Spirit before where he's saying, that's somebody that you can trust. That's somebody you got to investigate. Don't go in that relationship. Don't invest in this business venture. you got to be so, so in tune with what the Spirit of God is saying to you. Um, I'll illustrate it this way. You have to know the voice of God. You have to know the voice of God for yourself, especially if you are a growing believer, because there are some decisions that are not black and white. There are some decisions that are gray. So what do I do? Where am I supposed to go? Does, does God want me to marry this person? Does God want me to go to take this job? There are so many different things that are in the gray area. This is why you need to know the voice of the Lord, and you need to know how he sounds and how he doesn't sound. So uh, my dad, uh, Pastor Derek Fry, he has a significant following online. And he's got a lot of people following online. And because he's got a significant following online, what happens is there are these fake people that develop these fake profiles. And they activate and they use and masquerade as Derek Fry. And they send messages to people in our church. This happens a lot, by the way. And I'm sure some of you in this room have gotten a direct message from Derek Fry. I got one recently. Now, I am Derek Fry's biological son. So when I get a message from Derek Fry saying, child of God. I go, that's not my dad. I brought a screenshot with me. You guys want to see this screenshot real quick? It's wicked funny. I was dying laughing. And I'm going to read it the way I read it the very first time. So I get a message from my dad. I'm in a group chat with him. I was with him when I got this message, by the way. I'm going to read it the way I read it. Child of God, you are highly favored and uplifted. As I was medita meditating, the Holy Spirit led me to your profile and ministered a vision. I have a vision. <laughs> Around you, I see blessings from God. You know these preachers. You guys know what I'm talking about. For $39.99 for the next six months, I'll give you this hanky, and your life is going to be healed in Jesus' name. The enemies are working on holding your favor. Some people are not laughing because you've gotten the message, and you probably sent money to this guy. Do not send money to this guy for the love of God. And as far as I'm concerned, if you think that this is Derek Fry and you sent money, you deserve to lose that money. I'm just saying. They want to make sure that you amount to nothing. So, because I've got the spiritual vision, they say, you're going to amount to nothing. So, this is what you should do. Send money to the Samson Orphanage home. And here's how you do it on WhatsApp. <laughs> and then they use a Deuteronomy 28, and they totally isolate a verse and create a whole doctrine off of that. I am just dying laughing at this the first time I saw it because I was with my dad when I got this. And I just know, that does not sound like my dad. You need to know how your father sounds. Because so many people hear the voice of a bad pizza from last night. They hear the voices of condemnation from other people. You need to know how the Spirit of God sounds. Can I tell you how he sounds? He gives you whispers. He gives you reminders of who you are and who you are not. He also corrects you. He does not condemn you. 
The Spirit of God does not condemn you. He doesn't determine you or deem you to hell for the rest of your life. He doesn't put curses on your life. He loves you. He's madly in love with you, and he wants the best for your life. He wants the best for you. And what I know about the Spirit of God when he communicates to us is he would never say something that is contrary to the Word of God because the Word of God is what the Spirit of God is reminding us of constantly, that you're blessed and highly favored, that you're the head and not the tail, that you are overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. He reminds you of who you are, and you need the Holy Spirit, and you need to listen to his promptings, to his whispers, to his warnings. Here's the second thing that the Spirit of God does. He convicts us. He convicts us. Is he really, he really functions as a lifeguard in your life. And if you have built a theology or a philosophy on God, thinking that he is restrictive in his nature, you don't know my God. He is protective in his nature. And what does sin do? Sin will strip you of your joy. Sin will strip you of your purpose. Sin can stop and thwart the call of God that is on your life, which is why he convicts us of sin. I'll say it like this. I'm in Sandestin, Florida, and I'm with my family, and we're having a great time. We're on the beach. We're on the shoreline. And, um, and there was this guy on lifeguard. He, he, really, he really showed up aggressively on an ATV, jumps out the ATV, and he kind of frantically tells all of us, particularly me as the dad, and he sees my two kids playing on the beach, playing on the shoreline, playing in the water. And then he goes, uh, sir, be very, very careful because your kids are very young and there's a significant current that is very dangerous to children their age. Not to mention there's also these jellyfish that are washing up on the shoreline and they're a Portuguese man of war. He says, these are very dangerous if you get stung by them. And whatever you do, if you get stung by one of these jellyfish, do not rub your eyes and make sure your kids do not. So I was like, I'm just enjoying myself. We're just playing on the beach. And all of a sudden, this guy aggressively and frantically comes up and he warns us. And he says, be very careful. Now, this whole time, being the doofus father that I am, I see these what look like blue trash bags all over the beach. And they were blown up, kind of pressurized. And I'm just touching them. I'm like, this is... What is this stupid thing? I don't know. It, it was coming from the ocean. I'm like, clearly maybe it's like coral. I don't know what this is. And he's like, that's a jellyfish, bro. And I was like, dude. And my kids, my, and Zion looks at me. He's like, dad, you're a doofus. I was like, Zion, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. This is what the Holy Spirit does to us. Is he shows up and what, what starts as playful can turn painful if you don't listen to the voice of the Spirit of God. Did you hear what I just said? You need to learn how to listen to the promptings of the Holy Spirit because he convicts us of sin. He warns us of dangerous situations or dangerous people. And this is why you have to pay attention to the voice of the Lord. Here's the last thing that he does. He communicates to us. He convicts us. But he also changes us. He changes us. When you get saved, the Bible says that you, your spirit is regenerated. You get a new spirit. Bible says the old creation is gone, the new creation is here. You are now a new creation in Christ, which means that now you have different desires. Now you have different motives. You have different mindsets. And what you previously did foolishly, now you kind of start to feel conviction. You start to feel some guilt behind it, you know. You, you, you slip a swear every once in a while. You're like, oh, I just I feel different about that. I, I give my life to Christ because the Spirit of God has renewed your spirit. It's literally regenerated you. But after that, you engage in a lifelong process called sanctification. This is a lifelong process that is led by the Holy Spirit. As he is constantly maturing you and developing you and, and, and engaging with you 
to develop you to become fully mature in Christ and really become like Jesus. I did a message a couple weeks ago called The Marks of Maturity. Go back on YouTube and watch that message. It would be very helpful for many of you. This is what he does. He develops you. He matures you. He, he, he grows you up. And some of us, listen, we have been trying to change our lives, change our situations, change the dynamics of what's going on in our world, and you've been doing it by yourself. You need to invite the Spirit of God to activate in your life because you can't change you by yourself. You can't do it. Um, there was a, uh, a conversation I had not too long ago with a friend of mine who goes to TC, our Tri-County campus in Bellingham. And he basically sends me this text message. He goes, I was with your grandfather in one of his small groups before he passed. If you don't know, if you're new to our church, uh, the founder of this church, our grandfather, the, the first generation preacher in this church, my dad's the second, I'm the third. Uh, my grandfather passed just a few months back and uh, suffered from dementia in his last few years of his life. And if you know anything about that experience, it's a, it's a tough experience for a family. So he was mentally deteriorating. And there would be many moments where he was just saying incoherent things. And he still had a small group for a season. And one of the people that were in his small group texted me this. And he basically said, I know that your, your grandfather was deteriorating mentally because he would say some things that I just didn't understand. But sometimes I would see somebody come forward and they were unaware of his condition. And they would ask him for some ministry. And they would say, would you pray for me, Pastor Ernie, for this? And he goes, it was incredible to watch because I saw the anointing come on Pastor Ernie. And literally, it would bypass his dementia. And Pastor Ernie would be back in full force, quoting scripture, remembering all this kind of stuff. And the anointing can bypass you. This is what the Spirit of God can do. It can literally change who you are. It can change your insecurities. It can change some of your diseases. Listen, I believe in therapy. You can go get therapy. You can get counseling. But the Holy Spirit can do in one minute what a therapist could never do in 10 years. The Spirit of God can do in one minute what it would take a therapist to do in 10 years. Do not throw the baby out with the bathwater. Just because you've seen some people get kooky and get crazy and go cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, we've seen all those things on YouTube. I get it. But do not bypass the Spirit of God because he could change your life if you let him. I'll, I'll close with this story. I was at Target doing a Target run for my wife, obviously. I'm kidding. I was going to Target by myself because I enjoy Target. Um, so I'm going to Target, and uh, a guy that I went to high school with, he comes up to me, and I didn't recognize him. He goes, are you Devin Fry? And, uh, and I go, yeah, man, what's up? How you doing? And uh, he goes, I've actually seen your stuff online. I've watched a couple of your messages. I've seen a couple of your sermon clips on Instagram. And he goes, we went to high school together. And this is what he says verbatim. He goes, the Devon Fry I see now and the Devon Fry I remember then are very different. <laughs> Come on, anybody here got a pass? <laughs> uh, I know a bunch of you guys are holy, but a lot of you guys were hood back in the day too. So don't get me wrong. I ain't the only one up here. So this guy sees me, and he's like, I remember who you were, and I see who you are. What happened? And they just respond, God changed my life. He changed my life. He changed my nature. He changed my personality, my desires, my wants, because my spirit was made new. And what I should have said to this young man was, that Devin is dead, and there is a new one that has come alive in Christ. That's what the spirit of God can do. And some of you are trying to change your life by yourself. And what I want to give you an invitation for in this moment is to invite the Holy Spirit to change your heart by receiving Jesus first. But then for some of you guys that are believers or Christians or haven't been to church for a long time, you need to get filled again. Because church is like a gas station. And some of you are running on empty. 
and you've been running empty for a long time. You've been bankrupt for a long time. And you have come to the end of yourself. Some of us are on quarter tank. Some of us feel pretty good, but there are seasons of life that will drain you. And you need to get filled again. So I want to pray for you right now. Would everybody bow their heads, close their eyes. Did that help anybody in the room today? Bow your heads, close your eyes. I want to pray for you. And I want to pray for two groups of people. The first group of people would be you need to say yes to Jesus and receive what the Spirit of God is doing on the inside, whispering to you, saying, this is your moment. Come into the baptism of the family of God. And if that's you, I believe the Spirit of God is working. He's whispering. He's convicting even right now. Listen, you don't have to clean up your life by yourself. Don't do that. You can't do that by yourself. You need the Spirit of God with you. If you need to say yes to Jesus to make him the Lord and Savior of your life, I know the Spirit is working right now. And he's whispering. He's saying, I love you. I'm proud of you. I know you don't know anything. You don't understand everything. And that's okay. I'm going to help you in this journey. I'm an advocate. I'm a helper. I'm a healer. You're not going to be left by yourself. If that's you, I'm going to count to three. I'm going to ask you to shoot your hand up boldly and say, I need to say yes to Jesus being the Lord and Savior of my life. If that's you, one, two, three. Shoot your hand up boldly and say, that's me. I need to say yes to him. I see hands all over this room. One, two, three, four, five. I see six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Thank you so much. Twelve, thirteen. Thank you so much. We are so proud. Fourteen in the back there. So proud of you. Thank you so much. We are so proud of you. You can put your hands down. Everybody repeat this prayer after me. Come on, say it boldly. Say it loud. Say, Jesus, I'm a sinner, and I need a Savior. Today, I put my trust in you. I put my faith in you. I believe in you. I believe in you, but thank you for believing in me well before I ever did. So today, I will live for you all the days of my life. I make you the Lord and Savior of my life. In Jesus' name. Now, come on, everybody stand to your feet. We're going to pray one more prayer. We're going to believe that the Spirit of God is going to move on your behalf. And some of you are going to get filled. Some of you are going to get encouraged. Some of you are going to get blessed today. So, Father, right now, with the Holy Spirit, pour out your presence, your power, and your favor upon this room. I think that my brothers and sisters are going to be encouraged. They're going to be blessed. They're going to be highly favored. And we thank you, God, for what you're doing in Jesus' name. Come on.